This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Uh, so I got a box of four different Magic Spoon cereals in the mail this week, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry, and it was uh, the highlight of my week. When I was a child, I was only allowed to eat nice cereal on the weekends because in those days they hadn't figured out how to make cereal both nice and healthy yet. Uh, so the past few days I've been able to defy my parents and delight my child at the same time just by eating Magic Spoon's amazing frosted flavor, which reminds me of the only two days out of every week that I was ever truly happy as a boy. Um, now, it doesn't say this in the copy here, uh, which is honestly a little bit irresponsible, um, but in the interest of safety, I do want to just kind of spell out for everyone uh, that you shouldn't just open every box you come across just because sometimes there's nice cereal inside it. Uh, for instance, the Lament configuration is also a box you can find. Uh, based on the very few Hellraiser movies I've seen, sometimes you have to spend a lifetime looking for it, but sometimes it's just hidden in the floorboards of your attic. And if you carelessly open that box, you will be introduced to a world of pleasure and pain beyond anything the human mind can imagine. Um, so I want to be really clear here. If you're certain that what you have is a magic spoon delivery box, do open that. It tastes amazing, it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Uh, but if you think there's any chance at all that the box you have might be the Lament configuration from Hellraiser, don't open that. It doesn't taste like anything, and usually Pinhead and an army of ill-begotten abominations called Cenobites will come out of it and pull you into a labyrinthine dimension of torment and agony. Go to magicspoon.com slash babysitters to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code babysitters at checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash babysitters and use the code babysitters for free shipping. Uh, we want to thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. And again, just so it's absolutely crystal clear delicious boxes of breakfast food that will take you back to your childhood yes diabolical puzzle boxes that will open a portal to an army of extra-dimensional beings who will mercilessly flay your flesh no be safe out there in 86 nm martin wrote the first book of what became a cult we should do a live stream so they can watch how much you just fucking like tune out i wouldn't do that to you or baby nation i respect you too much and i love baby nation too much all right that's the kind of attitude i like to hear i'm, I'm a straight shooter man yeah. i'm here to record a podcast okay good I'm a professional <clears throat> let's get it going hi hi and welcome to warhammer 40 yay Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm a, ready. A podcast in which two cool dudes talk about strategy, lore, lore, and mythology in the world's most popular figurine-based tabletop experience. Yeah. Warhammer, Warhammer 40K. 40K. Yeah. Tanner, tell me. Uh, oh, boy. Well, we've got some hot news coming out. In the Warhammer universe this week, uh -huh. um, they're making a new uh, Space Wolves game um, featuring the iconic Space Wolves Space Marine team. Uh -huh. um, you don't seem interested. No, I'm pretty. I'm pretty interested. What's going on in the uh, Immaterium? <laughs> you tell me, right? It's pure <laughs> chaos. So, it, like, literally anything at any given moment. What's that? The Titanic? Oh no! Now it's made out of meatballs and it's <laughs> haunted. By ghosts. I don't understand this game. It actually does sound like it could have some similarities with the classic works of Anne Matthews Martin. It does. A ton of similarities, yeah. I just wanted to give you a little taste of the podcast you could be doing if you had your your wishes in this world. I don't even think I'd be qualified. I don't really even play Warhammer. I'm just a fan of the <laughs> universe. I'm like a fan of the mythology. Although I do watch, I do really like to watch like four-hour videos on YouTube of people playing warhammer oh really yeah like they've got a big table set up the size of the table here they got little figurines and they like sit and meticulously move them they they keep a little tape measure on their belt mm -hmm. so that when they need to move like a figurine they'll just pull out the tape measure and see like okay oh, this guy cool. can move four inches in a turn he'll pull it out and be like i'm gonna put him right here yeah 
It's really good. And their girlfriends are like, oh, that's such a cool move that you made. I don't, you know what's weird? I don't think, huh. I'm trying to think back. I'm not sure I've ever seen a girlfriend come into frame. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. They well, they're professionals. They must do it at night. Like, yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, let's uh, let's talk about what we're actually here to talk about yeah. today. Uh, can you introduce our podcast? Yeah, yeah, I certainly can. Wow, this is this has got to be the first time in history that you have asked me to get to the point. Hi, hi, heyo. Okay, <laughs> and welcome to the Babysitters Club. Club, a podcast in which I, Jack Shepard, and I, Tanner Greenring, talk about the classic works of Princeton's own. Princess Annabelle Matthews Martin the first. No, you can't and keep adding only. stuff. You can't keep adding stuff. And we also know that she's not the only Anna Martin. Oh yeah. Oh, we I also know. learned something today uh, in this book that there's a Jane Martin. Yeah. Did you learn that? Yeah. She's got a sister in the happy reading section. In the happy reading section and in the dedication. Yeah. She says this one's for Jane, my sister. I think seems made up. Yeah. Jane Ooh. is the most. Default name you can come up with. Yeah, well, and I know that for a fact. Jane Martin, if you're listening, which I'm certain that you are, yeah, you definitely you are. will be pleased to hear that despite a lot of Google sleuthing on my part, I was not able to figure out uh, your online presence. She's here's what I know about Jane Martin. Okay, where Anne, Aunt Miss Anne M. Martin is a quiet, mousy, introverted Marianne type. Mm-hmm. Jane Martin is a flashy. Outgoing Claudia Kishi type. You know that. Yeah, it's right in the it's right in the, the happy reading know. section. Oh well. She said I was I was always a quiet nerd where Jane was like this cool outspoken individual. Wow. Did you Google that? Outspoken. Jane like, Martin maybe, outspoken. Jane Martin, good dresser or cool. Uh no. Princeton Princeton's New, Princeton, own. New Jersey. Uh, I should have tried Princeton. Jane Martin, own. cool dresser. Oh, I've got an idea. Let's talk about this fucking book. You like my new catchphrase at the beginning? What? You hey say yo. hey yo? Yeah. No, because it's, it's not from anything. Yeah, it is. What? It's from this text we just read. Way to pay attention. Oh, it's what Emily... It's new, It's Emily Thomas Brewer's new catchphrase. When she answers the phone, she says, hey yo. Hey yo. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. I like it. She's I'll it. Yeah, we'll see if that sticks. She like took the accelerated Kishi course on language studies this week and learned essentially the entire English language. Yeah. And has already kind of mastered some of our idioms like, hey, yo. Hey, yo. Yeah, yeah well, and she says a bunch of nonsense words as well. And I did my due diligence and looked all of her nonsense words up in the Google Vietnamese translator. Yeah. It didn't bear a lot of fruit. Okay. Like at one point she says saturation. No, she doesn't. Yeah, well, she says, buh. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and according to Google's Vietnamese translator, it means saturation. Vietnamese seems very efficient. Yeah. <laughs> if they can turn saturation into buh. Yeah, they get shit done over there. Oh, you know what we should do, though? For real, we should tell the baby nation what book we read this week. Yeah. It's a book by Princeton's own Princess Annabelle Matthews Martin I, and it's called... First of her name. First of her name. <laughs> first of her kind. <laughs> Last hope of a dying race. If you're not gonna stop doing that, I'm just gonna I'm gonna match you. Yeah. And then it's gonna become untenable <laughs> and you're gonna have to stop. I'm happy for it to just fill out the first like <laughs> you, like it would be in keeping with what she does. She already spends like you get about hundred and twenty pages in each of these novels and probably thirty of those pages are just repeating what happens. It actually makes my job a lot week. easier for this for the sake of this podcast. Because yeah. I can just breeze through the first four chapters. Yeah. No, we still haven't told him what book we read. I'm yeah. gonna say it. This week we read a book called Claudia and the Great Search. Mm-hmm. It's a Claudia point of view. Yep. You didn't like it. I just it's they're they're so boring. I was just so bored. Nothing wow. happened. Great. Because this is that's that's the kind of enthusiasm that we're gonna need to get us through the next forty five minutes or so. Oh, I just I just didn't like it. I just didn't like it. Good. Uh Claudia I thought was kind of back to her the her best self in this book. I mean, and by best self, it's a fairly low bar. Paranoid, conspiracy theory driven, yeah, anxious like weird Claudia laboring under crazy assumptions. Right. And, and just like spiraling out of control into a world of her own. Right. Um, but you know, I don't know. It's better than previous books where she's just sort of like going through the fucking motions. Yeah. Um, let's do the thing. Yep. Where I 
describe what happened in this book? Yeah, right here with you. Yeah? Yeah, I'm ready to do it. Okay. You let's go do, first. Let's do that thing with some enthusiasm on both sides of the table here. Yep, you go first. You go first, sir. sir. There we go. Okay, I don't know why I thought you needed to say that, but it worked. I'm going to go first. I'm going to give gonna the Baby Nation uh, a little bit. Fucking hell. Fine. I, Baby Nation, I'm going to say this to you. I'm not going to say it to Tanner. He doesn't need to pay attention. You're the only people that I care about in terms of what's going on in this novel. I know what's going on, Jack. I literally just read it. I'm going to describe to the Baby Nation what happened in this book. Okay. I'm going to give them a brief summary. I wish you would. I'm going to take a couple sentences to do it. When I'm finished, I'm going to put 60 seconds on that big bag clock, and you are going to fill in all of the details in no more and no less than 60 seconds. Are you ready for that, sir? Yes. Okay, I'm going to begin. 13-year-old Claudia Kishi has always wondered why she's so different from her sister, Janine. It's not just that Janine is a genius and Claudia can barely pass remedial spelling. It's not just that they have no interests in common and that they look nothing alike. Claudia has always just felt different, like she doesn't belong somehow. But when Claudia begins a search into her past to find answers, what she discovers is something she never could have imagined. What she discovers is that she doesn't have a past. What she discovers is that somehow she never existed in the first place. Claudia and the Great Search. It is interesting that Claudia goes right to adoption when there are much more fantastic explanations for how she came to be without any baby photos, right. without being registered in the local newspaper yep. for births that week. She doesn't look like any of her family members. She's not smart like the rest of her family. Her, she goes right to adoption. I must be adopted. She could be an alien. Yep. Like Superman. She, could, she be... could be, maybe she could just like popped into existence mm-hmm. one day. Yeah. I mean, she's doing a stellar job of trying to be her hero, Nancy Drew, yeah. and investigating. But if you look at the evidence, no baby pictures, no birth announcement. Her pediatrician that she remembers from a kid, like, mysteriously wasn't her pediatrician. Yeah. And, like, they're like, oh, we don't even know who your pediatrician was before. Right. As well as the fact that she is completely unlike everyone else in her family, both in looks and in attitude. Here's a concern I'm having now. Mm -hmm. What if, and I don't think this is too far-fetched, we know that Janine Kishi has been dabbling in artificial intelligence Mm -hmm. and false life for some time now. Mm -hmm. What if Claudia is one of her early experiments? Oh, wow. What if Claudia is like a a Frankensteinian monster? Or some kind of just sentient AI who has managed to like build a body for itself? It's just Janine's computer. Yeah. There is a very realistic reading of this text. I I, I had a section in my notes that was essentially, it was called Janine and AI, and it was speculative because every other book where Janine is mentioned, there's more evidence. Anna Martin leaks a little bit more evidence about whether Janine is building a sentient AI and how she's going about it. Yeah. There wasn't a ton in this, except that Claudia says Janine couldn't come with us to the thing because she had to research something, quote unquote, scientific and complicated. Right. I mean, that could be anything, including AI. Yeah, but like anytime that Janine is mentioned, she says one or two words and then is described as like going back to the click clack on her computer. Right. It's well, not. She's, she's really struggling to keep this program running. Right. Because it, the second she stops, it runs amok. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, it explained a ton of scenes in this book where Claudia is like, I looked in the family album. I didn't find any baby pictures of myself. And Janine is like, doesn't say anything and just like runs back to her room. Yeah. And like you hear the click clack on the computer. She's like, look again. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. I guess I was just wrong. Here they all are. Janine's just looking at like an MS DOS prompt and she types in like Claudia.exe. Yeah. And just opens up and is like, starts like frantically typing in the first five years of Claudia's life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. This must be very confusing for people who don't know what the plot of this book is. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've filled in a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. I don't know what I'll say in addition to all of that. Well, we're about to find out because I'm going to put 60 seconds on the stopwatch. And during that time, you're going to fill in the details of what happened in this novel. Are you ready to begin, sir? Yes. Let's begin right now. Emily Thomas Brewer is having troubles. She's still language delayed, severely language delayed. She's introverted. She's 
having trouble learning. She's she's learning delayed as well. She can't get into preschool. Uh, all of those things lead Claudia Kishi to believe that she is adopted, not Emily Thomas Brewer. We know Emily Thomas Brewer's adopted. I mean Claudia Kishi wow, because really she doesn't name, she doesn't you, fit in her family in a similar way. So she starts to investigate her background, looks up where like where she may be from, which family may have given birth to her. She convinces herself that she's adopted. Eventually, oh, also she starts tutoring Emily and teaches her shapes and colors. Eventually, she just asks her parents, "Hey, am I adopted?" Her parents said, "No, you're just a second kid. We don't love you as much." And also, you're a huge disappointment. Your sister is literally the smartest person in history. Uh, and Emily does pretty good with the tutoring wow. and goes you're to just, preschool. You just. Trying to push through past your time right now. I mean, I f- call after the cops. <laughs> I'm gonna call the fucking baby nation on you, man. Bring it, baby nation. They hate it when you go past time. They can suck an egg. <laughs> well, also that was the most lackluster description. That was that was the description of a book of a man who did not enjoy a book at all. Yeah, I did not love this book. <sighs> Nothing really happened. I only took a few notes. I didn't really capture either of our hit segments, Burn of the Week or <laughs> Tearful Moment. Great. But please, Baby Nation, do keep listening. Yeah, keep listening. <laughs> We're going to see how Tanner worms his way out of that. I captured some stuff. We already know. I only have five notes, and one of them is that one time Emily says, meme. That's what you caught out of that, dude? Yeah. <sighs> Can I? She keeps waking up in the middle of the night and screaming, meme, meme. <laughs> like she's super into memes like pepe the frog uh-huh cool that's very topical that's gonna that's gonna really like all the all the millennials who are still on the fence i think a lot of that stuff is is pretty timeless yeah think of the memes that were big five years ago, i'm not gonna man. i literally business am, cat no, i'm literally not gonna talk about memes with you right now yeah i do i do like the business cat meme. business cat was big <laughs> um listen here's what you didn't catch like so you caught you took one note I took five notes. That was one of them. You took five notes, and one, the first one that you bring up is wrong. Here's what Emily Michelle says and why it's interesting. And, like, I'll let you extrapolate about why it's interesting. Yeah. Why she says it's, meme? It's not meme. Yeah. What she says, and apparently it's in her native Vietnamese, it's calling for mother. But what she says is me, me. A lot of people have trouble with the word meme because it's M-E-M-E. Yeah. And people pronounce it Mimi, uh-huh. they pronounce it Mame, uh-huh. they pronounce it Maymay, uh-huh. Mimay. Yeah, I'm aware of that, but... It's actually just meme. Take, take, a, take, meme. A, take a sec to engage with me and think about what I just said and tell me... Also... I th- no, I, I understood what you said. I think there's multiple readings. <laughs> you know? Does it not interest you in the context of the novels that we are reading that Emily Michelle cries out? Mimi. 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 <gasps> okay, wait, what's the timing? Uh, the event happened roughly around the time that Emily Michelle... Slightly before? Slightly before? Is it fair to say that Emily Michelle Thomas Brewer may be the reincarnated soul of Mimi Yamamoto? Uh, Christy and the Mother's Day Surprise, the book in which Emily Michelle is introduced is, I believe, book number 24. Claudia and the Sad Goodbye, the book in which the event happens and we lose Mimi, is book number 26. Two books later. Two books later. So that doesn't make much sense then. Never mind. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Damn it. You're right. (laughs) Well, but I do think that there is like a reverse polarity, right? Where it's like one in, one out. I mean, you know, like maybe. Up until now, Emily Michelle was also kind of this husk. Like she was incapable of language. She was incapable of normal interaction with people. Yeah. She was she was an empty being. She was a vessel. Oh, I see. And this week she was she filled was with filled. the spirit yeah. of Mimi Yadamamoto. Well, that would make sense of this line that I wrote down from early on in the book, uh, that just felt really strange out of context. Every day Watson or Mrs. Brewer would say to Emily that she wasn't just adopted, she was chosen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So it's not unreasonable to think that Emily was chosen. Like, early, Mimi, as we know, knew the day upon which she was going to die. Yes. And you know so what this is? Someone this had is to Janine be chosen. Kishi. 
Yeah. Janine Kishi has perfected her dark, twisted art. Wow. She, she began this experiment with whatever Claudia. nine years ago with the Claudia AI that we all believe is real. Oh, I see. Yeah. Nine years ago. And, and now just... she has found a way to put the, the artificial intelligence of her grandmother. She captured her grandmother's intelligence mm-hmm. and she's managed to put it into a living vessel. A young girl named Emily Michelle Thomas Brewer. Whose only words, especially in times of crisis, are Mimi, Mimi. Yep. It's pretty good. We'll have to see if she she becomes like a sage, like wise old woman very quickly. Right. And she's already kind of getting there Mm -hmm. a little bit towards the end of this book. She's saying words. Yeah. Sort of. She answers the fucking phone. She answers the call. Yeah. Hey-o. Hey-o. Okay, well, that's something to fucking keep an eye on. Just another thread, man. Just another thread. We're just going to keep pulling at it, man. Eventually, this whole operation is going to crumble down around you. Are you talking to Anne Matthews Martin right now? No, I'm talking to Anne Rice. <laughs> Jack. The author of Interview with a Vampire? Yeah, that's what I'm talking to. I feel like that's a reference that most people aren't going to get. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only, weirdly, the only <laughs> Anne I could think of on the fly. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about boys. Okay. <laughs> I don't have a ton to say about boys. There are a lot of them in this book. This week? One notable exception. There, there One notable absence. Oh, there's one notable absence. Logan Bruno. Logan Bruno, nowhere to be seen. Snake in the grass. Shannon Kilborn even makes an appearance in this she book. Doesn't, she makes this weird appearance where they're like, it's almost like Princess Martin listened to last week's podcast <laughs> and was like, oh shit, I better start giving Shannon Kilburn jobs. And they're just like all these weird asides where they're like, oh, I looked in the diary and there are uh, apparently none of the seven babysitters are around. So Shannon Kilburn gets the job. And yet we still don't hear a fucking peep out of Shannon Kilburn herself. And it's also like a new made up baby that Anne just created. Just yeah. So like Shannon could have something to do. Yeah. Oh, man. I would read, if there was an entire spinoff series that was just about Shannon Kilborn, I would read the fuck out of that. Let's write it. What do you mean, read it? Yeah, let's write it, man. Okay. What are we doing with our lives? This yeah. is all we have. Wow. Baby Nation, if you want that, if you want Jack and Tanner to start pinning yeah. monthly series about the life and exploits of Shannon Kilborn. Yeah. And we're going to call it A Time to Kilborn. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Pretty good, huh? Yeah. All right, Baby Nation, if you, if that's what you want, let us know. Hit we'll, one uh, on your touchtone phone now. Yeah. If that's what you want. <laughs> yeah. If you're like Caro and you want Tanner to find a new friend and start a podcast with him <laughs> or her, hit yeah. two now. <laughs> if you want Jack and Tanner to do a uh, weekly Warhammer 40K lore podcast, <laughs> hit three, hit three now. Phone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we were going to talk about boys. Yeah, boys. I don't have a ton to say about boys, except... Here are the boys that c- came up in this book. Okay. Bart mm-hmm. of Basher fame. Mm-hmm. Walked Christy home at one point, he held her hand. He fucking did. Yeah, or hooked hooked his arm in hers, I guess. It's not really holding hands. Yeah. It's a little more innocent. Trevor Sanborn. Trevor Sanborn comes up. We haven't heard from him in a minute. Yeah. But Stacy and Claudia Stacey and Claudia talk about Trevor Sanborn for half an hour. What I noted that there's a moment where Claudia is trying to uh, she wants to tell Stacy that she's figured out that she thinks she's adopted. Right. But she like can't muster up the courage to do it. And she's obviously upset. She goes over to Stacy's house and then they talk about Trevor Sanborn for half an hour. Yeah. That is an insane amount of time to talk about a boy. Yeah. What like literally what is there to say? Trevor Sanborn, he's he still got, goes to our school. He's got blonde hair. Like he's still like he's a poet, right? Oh yeah, he's the poet. But like Claudia's got other boys now. Apparently Claudia's there's got... this there's this kid who she met at camp that we yeah. missed because we haven't done a super special. Oh, and one. thanks thanks to Baby Nation for being on the fucking case there about Will. Baby another Nation. boy is George Ho, who he may be her birth father. Okay, she finds him of of the Ho clan in Kuchara, Wyoming. More more man than a boy. She gives him a call, and guess what? What the numbers here. Oh, yeah. In the text. Should we call it right now? Yeah, call that number. Okay, I'm going to put it on speakerphone. Okay. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. What time is it, Kuchara? 6.45. Totally fine. Yeah. And tell him you're doing a research project. Oh, yeah. Uh, on, on, like, your ancestry. That's what Claudia told him. AT&T Directory Assistance. 
Your AT&T account will only be charged when a listing is provided, say a city and state, like San Francisco, California. You can also say search by phone number. Kuchara, Wyoming. Sorry, please only say a city and state, like Atlanta, Georgia, <laughs> where I can search for your listing. Kuchara, Wyoming. Sorry, I'm not finding the Charles, Wyoming in White Oak, Pennsylvania. What? <laughs> say George Ho. Looking for your best friend's closet in White Oak, Pennsylvania. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, George Ho. George Ho in Wyoming. Thank you for calling directory assistance. Goodbye. No. <laughs> it just hung up on me. They're fucking onto us. I so that's up... what happens when you call George Ho's number. Um, I'm looking up cities in Wyoming, man. There's no Kuchara. Kuchara just means spoon in Spanish. That's cool. All right, thanks, Anne. Thanks for that fucking wild goose chase. Man, this is frustrating, trying to get to the bottom of your lineage. Yeah, it's not. Who it's am not... I? <laughs> and that's like, that's about how, that's exactly how far Janine's fucking AI project got. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Terrifying. Uh, another unsolved mystery on the Babysitter's Club Club. Uh, we need to get to the bottom of who the fuck George Ho in Kochara, Wyoming is and where Kochara, Wyoming is. Um, I think we basically, I didn't have too much to say about Christy and Bart. We're still talking about boys, right? Uh, Christy and Bart Taylor go out together sometimes. Yeah. Con- fucking confirmed. They're not boyfriend and girlfriend yet, but I have high hopes for this. Yeah, that, that's not your words. That's Claudia's words. That's Cla- Oh, yeah. Sorry, that's yeah. Claudia. Yeah, that's not me. Best Fiends is a free-to-download, casual, mobile puzzle game with literally yep. thousands of levels that is boredom's yep. worst nightmare. And yep. uh, if you guys don't remember, Tanner and I have been engaging in a friendly competition yep. uh, between my group of fiends, uh, the Jack's, Jack's Jumping Jerks, Jerks, Jack's jumping jerks. and Tanner's Tiny, Tiny Ticklers. ticklers. Yep. Um, and up until now, we've had some difficulties because while I have been playing through the game at quite a clip and advancing uh, and binging on the game and advancing mm-hmm. from level to to level uh, and enjoying more levels, events, and challenges that are added all the time. Um, Tanner, you've tended to have trouble um, getting your phone started. My phone wasn't working, but yeah. I have gotten it to work, Jack, okay. and I've, I've, I feel like I've caught up with you in Best yeah. Fiends. Um, okay, that's great to hear. And I'm really I'm, I'm here to engage with you on it and, and talk about kind of our experiences playing the game. I do love the game. I just had a lot of phone troubles up until now. Okay, well, I'm glad but you're back. But now I'm, I'm embracing it. I'm playing it. I'm having so much fun with it. I love it. Okay, well, I'll start. Uh, so one of my experiences playing the game that I really enjoy is um, I really like picking which fiends to use and oh, upgrading them that. and c- building a crack team as I go through the levels. My favorite is Mordecai. Okay, that's not one. It's my favorite fiend. What level are you on, Jack? I am somewhere in the 40s. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And yourself? Seven D thousand. Okay, that's a lot. They do have thousands of levels, uh, and they do have updates all the time, so you can keep playing as much as you want. Yes. So that's what level I'm on, and I am having fun with it. It's me, it's Mordecai. Yeah. It's... um, Okay, that's not one of them. Well, maybe it's in the later levels. You haven't got there yet. Uh, it says here, what makes you want to keep at it? That's a good thing. For me, it's just, it's binge worthy and it's like, it's bite sized. You can just play like a little bit for like 10 minutes uh, when you've got, when you're waiting for the something, whatever. To me, it's the feeling it gives me, if you know what I mean. No. Oh, just binge worthiness. It feels so good to play. Yeah. And uh, when do you play? Only at night, baby. Okay. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Um, Only at night. Okay, perfect. I'm starting to think that you still have not been able to get your phone started. I I really want to play more. <laughs> yeah. Jack, I do love the game. It's very fun, and we yeah. were competing, but I have so many phone problems. Is it possible that you're f- holding your phone upside down? Tried that. Yeah. Okay. You know you can hold your phone sideways, too? Yeah. <laughs> And I tried that as well because someone I was I was on the forums. I've been in touch with the 
makers of Best Fiends, and I just... I, this is not their fault, I can tell you. This is not their fault, and the game is so fun. Yeah. I'm so interested in playing. Yeah, okay. Have you tried turning your phone on? Oh. There's a button on that usually on the side. What do you mean, on? Forget it. Uh, download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Holy shit. That's friends without the R. Best thing just lit up. Fiends. Okay. Well, this is great. Whoa. That's a lot of <laughs> notifications. <laughs> Boys. 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 Am I right? I want to talk very briefly about the roses, all the rose stuff, the symbolism that happens with roses in this book. Uh? It comes up twice in very significant ways. Okay. The first is that Gabby, Mariah, and their friends, as well as Dawn, Claudia, and Emily Michelle, play Ring, Ring Around the Rose. Around yeah. the rose. Folklorists n- nowadays uh, contest the popular notion that it is about the plague. Mm-hmm. There is some consensus among folklorists that it goes back further than that, that it is to do with ancient pagan rituals that... Okay began with the Norse gods. I can go into that if you would like, but I was kind of, kind of hoping... I see you've would... read the same Wikipedia article that I just found. <laughs> I actually read Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable. Oh, really? This. So that's weird. That's weird and creepy. Gabby and Mariah, as we know, uh, in these books, often are at the center of the occult forces in Stony Brook, and they're playing a game that is essentially a reenactment of the Great Plague. Yep. The second time roses are mentioned, I'll just read you the copy here. As they worked, they talked. Know what, Gabbers, said Mariah. My friends Dana and Fiona are going to day camp this summer. What's day camp, asked Gabby. Mariah tried to explain. Gabby looked thoughtful. Finally, she said, and this is me editorializing right now, apropos of nothing, Uh be careful of roses. They have horns on them. They'll stick you. Yeah, actually, you know what? Roses come up a third time in this book. Really? It's dawning on me now. They go into the backyard. Yeah. David Michael has a new friend, this kid named Tommy, Timmy. Yeah, there's some new... Timmy Sue, maybe? Yeah, that sounds about right. He wants Timmy Sue to join Christie's Crushers, and they go into the Watson Brewer's backyard, and Emily Michelle immediately finds her way to a rose patch and begins to smell the roses. What the fuck? And then picks up a pebble and tries to put it in her mouth. Well, there. Do you remember you that? No, I, I I mean I remember that scene. I didn't remember the roses in it. Cause that's that's just eerie. Then now that's eerie. And why would <gasps> it comes up again? Oh my god! What Jack? Fucking it's all hell. over the place. Chapter four. Claudia makes radish roses. Oh shit! For a salad, a celebratory salad to celebrate the fact that Janine's a genius. Oh my god! You're so fucking right. And then they get Janine a cake. That has yellow frosting roses on it. And what? Says, congratulations. Chapter six. It says congratulations. Emily. Giannine. Giannine. Yeah, they misspell. Yeah. Later on, Emily Michelle goes into the backyard and sniffs at a rose before she almost kills herself by putting a pebble in her mouth. Then there's all the ring around the rosy stuff. Jim Ferguson. Yeah. One of. One of the potentials to be Claudia's birth father. Lives on Rosedale Road. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's all over this book what the hell what do you think's happening what's the significance of roses oh that's crazy well I, c- I can tell you a little bit about the significance of roses because i looked it up in brewer's dictionary of phrase and fable uh-huh there, there are a few there are a number of things i i don't have like i haven't connected all the dots here i just know it's emblematic of a paragon or one without peer so like a chosen one or like the very first ai to inhabit a physical body. <laughs> For instance. Okay. Uh, a rose between two thorns is a, a virtuous person between two evil people. That I thought about that expression, um, which was mentioned in Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable, because that's what Gabby says. She's like, be careful of roses. They have horns on them. Yeah, thorns. She says horns. I know, but she meant thorns. I don't know, She's man. What else corrected. has horns on it? <gasps> Demons. Yeah. Why would she say, she specifically says horns. Then Mariah corrects her. She's like, thorns, not horns. And anyway, what do roses have to do with day camp? And then it's just like, end of the chapter. Yeah. So you think Gabby was trying to warn 
Claudia? Beware. With good comes great evil. Be careful of roses. They have horns on them. Like, there is going to be a paragon, one without peer, but, like, with that comes massive danger. Right. Like, the danger attendant upon this sort of, like, Well, so here's the thing. We know that the demons are building Mm -hmm. their forces. We haven't heard from Logan in books. No. You know who we didn't hear a single peep from in this book? Not a single line. Never comes up except for in the recap chapter. Every other babysitter is mentioned and has a scene except for one. One babysitter is not mentioned at all. Not one time. Mal? Marianne. Marianne! Shit, she never comes up at all. Never once in this book. She's never once mentioned. Yeah, you're right. Except for like, oh, and Marianne's in the club too. Yeah. There's it your, doesn't even say, and like, and she's the first to get a boyfriend. They skip that whole part. There's your two thorns. Like, there's your two roses. Wow. Claudia's like trying to navigate this this bramble patch where the demons are coming at her from all sides. We've already lost. We lost. We never lost Logan. We never had Logan because he's been a demon since the start. But now we've probably lost Marianne. This is perfect. And I think Gabby's trying to warn us. So Claudia, we have established in previous books in our hit segment, now long neglected, the infinite sadness of Claudia. Yeah. It has been an empty shell of a human being. Yeah. She's just an empty vessel. Right. And she's and part of this is that she's described in terms of like increasing porcelain skin. Her complexion is like a doll. Yep. She's empty. She has nothing to say. Yep. There's all this evidence in, in previous books and previous episodes that that is the case. This book is a book where she's trying to find herself again. Yeah. She's searching. She's looking to find meaning, to find identity. She's trying to make the rose bloom again. But... Every rose has... Is there a song? Yeah. Every <laughs> rose has its thorn. Uh, There's yeah. a chosen one. Yeah. Emily Michelle is the thing that's going to usher humanity into the next phase of evolution. She's literally Hybrid of to man and machine. Hybrid of artificial and real. Oh, wow. But the demons can't handle that, and the demons are going to come at her with everything they've got. Every day, Watson or Mrs. Brewer would say to Emily, every day, that's weird, every fucking day, that she was not just adopted, she was chosen. She was chosen. Yeah. Well. Whew. Golly. What's this have to do with memes? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> we talked about this a little bit. Claudia is convinced she's adopted. She goes to the Stony Brook Gazette microfiche archive at Stony Brook Library and looks through the birth announcements the week that she was born. No mention of a Claudia Kishi. So she does find three other young girls who mm-hmm. were born that same week as her and suspects that she may be one of these girls. And she calls all of the parents of these people, including Jim Freguison mm-hmm. and on George Rosedale Ho. Drive mm-hmm. and George Ho in Spoon, Wyoming. <laughs> and she has this shtick she plays with them where she's trying to convince them to give them information about her daughter, hoping that to be like, oh, we had to, we, like, we couldn't take care of her, and we moved to Stony Brook and had the baby and gave it to a very lovely family there called the Kishis. Like, that's what she's trying to figure out. And her story is so bad <laughs> to get information out of people. Her thing is, here, oh, I'll yeah. just read. <laughs> Hello, Ferguson residents, he said. I assumed it was Mr. Ferguson. Um, hello, my name is Claudia. I live here in Stony Brook, and um, I'm really sorry to bother you, but in school we're supposed to be doing research papers on uh, names, and I was given the name Ferguson <laughs> because of its unusual spelling. Uh, I decided to do something with a family tree. Um, yes, <laughs> said Mr. Ferguson. Like, <laughs> well, like he's what? on board. Yeah. Well, I was wondering if you have any kids. I mean, so I can include them in the tree. I just need to know the names of your kids and their birthdays. <laughs> do you have any kids? And then he just like he tells her, like what I don't I don't know what I would do in her place. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah i i actually I actually thought this through, and figured out. Okay. 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 My name. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> is Goliath Hardbody. <laughs> okay. CEO of Hardbody Industries. Okay. Things are not going well right now with the company. We're months away from eating through our capital, and we're just out on the street. Your your runway. We're resorting to some dark tactics now. Okay. I need your help. 
there is a hot new company out there. We lost our, our best dude, Mark Markson. Mm-hmm. He went to go work for this new company, Kids Incorporated. Okay. I need to know the name. <coughs> I need to know the name of Mark Markson's second in command. <laughs> and we need to poach them and bring them on board here to Goliath Industries. Okay. Okay. And I need you. You're a Hermes throb muscle. <laughs> Is it Hermes? Okay. okay. All right. Okay. C-E-C-O-C-A-O. Uh-huh. Recent CAO of uh-huh. Goliath Industries. Uh-huh. Great. And I'm calling Mark Markson. Hermes. Yeah. Thanks for coming in today. Oh, th- As uh, you know, we're in dire straits. Yeah, I heard I saw the the board projections. We need uh, to freshen up the talent here. Yeah, it's by any means necessary. I need you to get the name <laughs> of okay. Mark Markson, second in command, and I need them on our payroll yesterday. Mark Markson over at Dynatech? <laughs> I can't even remember the stupid names. Sinertech? Sinertech. Mark Markson over at Sinertech? Yes. All right, here comes my wife. My wife always shows up when we're in the middle of a role play. It's like the most embarrassing thing. Okay, let's get back into our role play. <laughs> All right, I'm trying to, I'm trying to re- re-inhabit the role. Sir, yes. let me get this straight. Yes. You want me to call. By any means necessary, we need to get the name of that lieutenant. We need to get them on our staff. I'm going to give him a call now. Okay. Goodbye, Goliath. Goodbye. Now I'll be Mark Markson. <laughs> you have to convince me now, Mark Markson. You said you'd be able to do this better than Claudia Kishi could. Okay. Uh, you just yep. need to get a name. Okay. I've got it. Uh, okay. Okay. <sighs> ring, ring. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. I wonder if he's going to pick up. Ring, ring. Yeah, I don't answer ring, ring. numbers I don't recognize. Uh, maybe I'll just call back. Hello. Oh. <laughs> Uh, hello. Just kidding. This is my voicemail. <laughs> Leave a message <laughs> at the tone. <laughs> I did you panic? If I've a, I fucking panicked, and now I understand how Claudia was feeling. <laughs> it's pr- fucking terrifying when you're on the brink like that, and you're faced with someone. B, what I would have done if I were Claudia is I would have said, "Is your daughter there?" Yeah, she tried that too. Her first scheme was to call George Ho and say. Do you have a daughter? She won, like a TV VCR combo. <laughs> well, and he was like, "No, I don't have a daughter." And she's that like, That's a shame. Is a segue into my. Bird of the week. Oh my goodness! Yeah, sorry, Sarah. Wow. You really brought it. <laughs> Baby Nation, this is a this is a first in Babysitter's Club Club history in that my wife Sarah has come home and is sitting in the other room. I'm looking at her right now. She's yeah. listening to everything we're saying. Yeah. She's got her headphones in. She's probably listening to the Babysitter's Club Club at babysittersclubclub.com. She's probably subscribing on iTunes right now. Probably giving it. A, she's giving it a, a review, hot, hot rating. Yeah, rating the podcast. A nice little review, which she uh, says something nice about Tanner, and then she says something something nice about me. Mean about Jack. Well, that's the new policy. One in, one out. <laughs> that was a good that segue reminds to your... me of my... <gasps> I only captured one and it was weak and we already said I it. I got three, dog. I've only got one and here it is. They misspelled Janine's name on the cake. <laughs> Gianine. Gianine. That's the burn. Yeah. That's my burn of the week. <laughs> Here's mine. Claudia is on her like insane prank call tour of America. Oh, yeah. Trying to figure out who her birth parents are and she hits on this like terrible strategy of just like telling people they've won sweepstakes yeah so so here's the the exchange she goes congratulations your daughter reza has been chosen as the winner in uh excuse me said the woman but i don't have a daughter named reza my daughter is pamela is she 13 i asked bristly yes hmm i pretended to be puzzled do you know of a 13-year-old girl in Kuchara whose name is Reza? No, the woman sounded irritated. Too bad, I said. I mean, about your daughter. She would have been the winner of a 21-inch color television and a VCR. 
she knows she's not going to get any information out yeah. of this woman. So she just she so she just makes her one twists the dagger. She twists the dagger. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> yeah, makes her feel bad that she lost this fucking sweepstakes. Um, I got I got another one. I looked at Janine's friends. There weren't too many of them. <laughs> That's already, it. Already, <laughs> very good. If I could the boys were carrying slide rules and protractors in their shirt pockets. The girls were too, I realized, and not one of them looked like they'd seen the inside of a clothing store in years. The boys' pants were too short, and both the girls and boys were wearing stuff that didn't match, like checks and plaids. How did they dress in the morning? By closing their eyes, reaching into their closets, and wearing whatever they happened to pull out? That's essentially how I dress in the morning. That is literally how I dress <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> Man, for a, for a Janine defender, you've got a lot of hot burn action on Janine. You're uh, the one who doesn't like Janine. Yeah, I don't know. I felt bad for her, man. Claudia just always makes it all about Claudia. Yeah. Like She was just awarded a grant for being a genius. Yeah. And Claudia's just like... And Claudia's like, my art is suffering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we got some real humanity from Jeannie. She even reacts to Emily Michelle Thomas Brewer oh, at yeah. one point. Emily oh, Michelle yeah. Thomas Brewer's in the Kishi household being tutored. And she walks by Janine's room and says, Hey, yo, Anine. And Janine loses it and brings her a balloon. And says, oh, yeah. Like, she had, she brings her a balloon that she had bought previously right. in anticipation of Emily Michelle showing up. Right. That's Except, beautiful. weirdly, it was not an inflated balloon. It was not inflated. <laughs> it, was just, it was just a balloon. I'm so glad you caught on to that exact same thing. I was like, oh, that's sweet. And like, I had, I had this picture of – it was like – so the, the scene is like – Emily Michelle walks by, Janine comes out of her room and hands her a balloon. Yeah. And I had this very lovely picture of Janine, like, handing her a beautiful red balloon on a string. Yeah. And then later, like, Emily Michelle is in Claudia's room for her tutoring, and she's like, Claudia, blow up? Yeah. And Claudia's like, all right, I'll blow up the balloon. And it's like, wait, Janine just handed you, like, a fucking, like... A deflated... Deflated balloon. <laughs> yeah, Janine was like... This is what humans like, yes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, good. There's another, there's an elephant in the room right now, my friend. I only have one more note. You've torn through all five of my notes already. Well, I hope. Talked about memes. Talked about Heyo. <laughs> <laughs> Talked about burns. Yeah. There, there's one thing we're missing. Is there anything this week that uh, made you feel like you were about to have a... <gasps> Tearful moment. adding things. Um, I have one. You have one. Uh, yeah, I got, I got a few. I only have one. Okay. At the end of the book, the way the Kishis managed to convince Claudia that she is a Kishi. Mm-hmm. Born and born and bred, mm-hmm. is they pull up a picture of Mimi Yamamoto when she was a twelve-year-old girl, mm-hmm. and she looks exactly like Claudia Kishi. Yeah. Later, mom found the pictures of Mimi. We compared pictures of Mimi at twelve to pictures of me at twelve. We could have been twins. That night, I slept with one of the pictures of Mimi. Under my pillow. That's when I sh- yeah. shed actual physical yeah. tears. That that was also... I mean, I wrote down a few, but that was my number one tearful moment as well. Uh, it begins to where, like, Claudia confronts her parents, and she's just like, I'm adopted. You fuckers lied to me. Um, and they're like, what are you ta- like? What are you fucking talking about? And then that's when they pull out the picture of Mimi. Yeah. And Dad is like, I know what you've been thinking. It's hard not to notice that, but you're a pretty good cross between your mother and me, and believe it or not, you look very much the way Mimi did when she was young. I do? I almost began to cry again. Yes, said Mom, looking teary herself. I'll show you some old pictures of Mimi later. And then she's a dead fucking ringer, which is also a little creepy. She's showing up in places that you never expected, in these people who are empty shells. In, like, Emily Michelle, who previously couldn't say anything, and now she's just saying Mimi. Maybe and she's now, a virus. And Claudia, who is, like, an empty shell of a human being, and now she just suddenly, like, history is rewritten in such a way that she looks exactly like she a is young... Mimi. She is Mimi. 
Mimi is like Agent Smith. She's a, in I like the Matrix. She's constantly replicating. Eventually, oh, wow. there's going to be a fight scene between all of the Mimi clones. <laughs> You're getting me super excited about that, but I guarantee you it's going to be like book number 120. So we're going to have to like slog through these before we get to that. Before the, the scene where Mimi keeps self-replicating yeah. and just like coming at Just like waves. all the seven babysitters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Chosen One is here. Mimi prepared the way. The Chosen One is Mimi come. Mimi is the way. There is a paragon of virtue, uh-huh. but it is a rose between two thorns. Yeah. It is surrounded by evil. Man, or more, more Dark Tower stuff, too, huh? Two horns. Oh, shit. The the tower and the rose are one. Baby Nation. <laughs> <laughs> we're on to you, Stephen King. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap things up, my we're friend. Wrap things up. Uh, this has been another episode of the Babysitter's Club. Club. I have been Jack Shepard. I have been Tanner Green Ring. This week, we read Claudia and the Great Search. Yes. Next week, we are going to read a book that is called Marianne and Too Many Boys. Oh. If you thought there were too many boys in this book, yeah. which there fucking were, yep. get ready for next week when there are going to be literally too many boys. And you know what we're going to do the week after that, Jack? Not to get people too whipped up. Mm-hmm. We're going to be spending some time with our favorite babysitters club expert oh yeah natalie johannison mm-hmm. and we're finally going to do another super special because because we got named and shamed yeah, for not knowing who will every was. week oh man she's a young girl she was out of school yeah leave her alone look we can't baby nation we can't do a she's on summer wait, vacation yeah we can't do a super special without natalie johannison our super special our super super special expert yeah um, and she's been real busy. She's had a, she's 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 had a lot on her plate lately. Yeah. Uh, but she has agreed to come back on the show. Um, I've been Jack Shepard. You've been Tanner Green. I'm just trying to find my place. Yep. Uh, we read a book. Too many boys. We're reading a book. We're doing a thing with Natalie. Like the show on iTunes. Rate uh, for the rate love of review. God. Subscribe. Please, please do. Please do. Follow us on Twitter. BSCC Podcast. Mm-hmm. A fan. A fan made this really great. MS Paint art. Yeah, that was Hi Beth. Glorious. It's really good. MS Paint art of the Babysitters Club li- the Babysitters Club Club Library, library right? In- yeah. Featuring titles such as Football Man <laughs> by Jamie Cam Newton. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff you're missing out on if you're not following and interacting with us on Twitter. Yeah. And rating and reviewing us on iTunes with very nice ratings and reviews. I've said my name. You said your name. We've done our thing. Claudia is wearing a bra now. And the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented. I have no like, interest. I don't like weed. D- I yeah. don't smoke it. <laughs> but well, I watched a video today where a guy smoked six feet of weed, vaporized weed smoke. He he had a vaporizer and he put a big six foot garbage bag on it and he filled it up with smoke with vapor and then he put a little nozzle on the end and he just kept going. <sighs> and he smoked all six feet of it. What is your fucking life, man? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>